Hey there, folks. Before we start today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, I'd just like to remind you guys that you can check out my daily sports column. It's free by going to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. You can just check out my Twitter to find the link there. Go check out chasethomaspodcast.com. There's a link on that page. Uh, But yeah, go check it out every day. New sports story in your email inbox. Uh, Yeah, go tell a friend, share it out, send it to anyone else you think would uh, like the newsletter. But yes, every single day, go to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Just Google Sports Renaissance Man, Chase Thomas, whatever you're most comfortable with, go do that. Uh, If you are an Apple Podcast listener, don't forget to leave this show a five-star rating and review. Uh, It's important uh, to help the show continue to grow. And last thing, uh, very quickly, but uh, please email me at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com to uh, get your mailbag question in or any other questions that you might have about the show, about the column, anything like that. Uh, new mailbag columns go up every Friday. Uh, if you have any questions for the weekly shows that you would like us to answer on air, whether it's John Taylor on Wednesdays, Evan Swords on Mondays, the sports reporters on Fridays, uh, make sure to get those questions in and we'll read them on the show or I'll answer your questions in the mailbag on the newsletter. So, Go do that. Uh, again, that's chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave the show a five-star rating and review. Follow on Apple Podcasts if you can. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello, and welcome back to a Sunday night edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I'm joined, as I am every Sunday night, from Locked On Yankees. It's Stacy Gatsoulias. Stacy, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am pretty solid, pretty solid. We talked off air before we get started that um, almost had a just a terrifying scare. Uh, with the microphone just falling off the thing like it's a ghost and um, never done that it was just apparently just not screwed on all the way anymore and I'm just uh, it, it was it was terrifying but uh, thankfully the girlfriend stepped in and mission accomplished we're okay she was like what I, she was confused because I think she like my reaction was that of like a our, our dog like falling off a cliff or something that was that was my reaction to the microphone just falling um, and me having to save it that that is the the uh, comparison that I'm making right now, which is great. It's perfectly, perfectly great. Um, also here, for the first time, a person who is quite, quite well-versed in MLB statistics and sabermetrics, it's Jessica Brand. Jessica, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. It is Sunday night at 1040. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it's afternoon somewhere in Europe, right? I mean, good enough. It's like they say, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Like, it's afternoon somewhere. But no, I'm having a fun time a lot of research about stats working my own uh, little metrics about uh projecting for the future and so forth and you know, i mean this is a preview of what i'm going to try to release at large next year but really what the macroscape of what baseball is and especially you know we talk about the macro too but i'm going to talk about the micro because what happened all within the last week because it's been a busy week it's really been the first time we've gone to seeing teams pass the trade line trade deadline in really a larger context yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm very excited to to look at it from that perspective and get your perspective on anything. Um, Stacy, how are you feeling with uh, Anthony Rizzo? It, it, who could have foreseen? Whoms, whoms among who us could have foreseen? Someone unvaccinated would get COVID nineteen. It's so odd. How would that happen? I didn't even know. And I was I was showering to go to the game, and I 
I come out of the shower and one of my friends texts me and he goes, Rizzo, really? I said, oh, no. <laughs> no shots, no runs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole team's going to get it at some point. Uh, might as well be now. So, <laughs> you know. uh, it's so uh, frustrating. It's, it's so, so frustrating. It, but it's crazy because the Yankees were one of the first teams to hit the 85% threshold. And, hmm. I mean, thankfully, the guys who keep getting it are okay. You know, it, it's not like they have to be hospitalized or anything like that. But, you know, I'm worried with Rizzo because he's yeah. a cancer survivor. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So he just needs to be careful. I I am, I don't know. It just bums me out. And it's like one of those things where you hope for the best, but you're also like, what are you doing? It's just right there. Just go. Uh, I don't know. I'm waiting for more info. I think that's what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what info? from these people like what is the info what is the right we hear that in the nfl too right now where it's like we're waiting for more info but you know surprisingly enough like stacy if i were to tell you or or i had you guess which acc team is 100 percent vaccinated right now football team who would you guess oh i have no idea jessica do you have a guess I know, I know, Ole Miss is. I know Ole Miss and um, Lane Kiffin have done a tremendous job down there in Oxford. They're above the rate. They're one hundred percent. Yeah, I was amazed to read that. Um, ACC yeah. though. Ole ACC, Miss. ACC or SEC. It it's crazy. Ole Miss. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Who would have foreseen Ole Miss doing it? But that's what I'm saying. It's like, but I think part of it for them, and I, I don't know. I'm interested to know if there's going to be a piece on this because like. It seems like it. You would assume because what I assume with players versus the the average Joe in Missouri was that like they they're not like they can work from home. They can do their own thing. They can they they don't have to like. There's no if they don't want to travel. There it's going to be hard to inch those people. But there's a competitive advantage to being a fully vaccinated team and being a team over that threshold and everything else that I was like. You know, they'll probably whine a little bit early, but they'll do it just to get over it and get out of that. And then you have Kirk Cousins talking about plexiglass around him in meetings, and you're like, okay, so uh, not apparently going to be what it is. They're just going to do everything they can to avoid that competitive advantage. But, like, man, it's going to happen this fall. Like, there is going to be a football game where a team has to forfeit because of it, and they're going to look around, and they're going to be like, who who cost us this like that is the whole thing it's like i'm surprised because football is such a tight-knit thing more than anything else of just like fighting for the guy next to you that i am surprised that teams like the vikings are struggling this much but um baseball i i don't know it's the yankees and uh we'll, we'll see i got concerned because my team freddie freeman had it left the game uh yesterday with an upper respiratory illness and it turns out he tested negative so and if y'all remember he had a really really bad case of covid last year where Mm -hmm. he was like he even mentioned i think he was like i didn't know if i was gonna make it like it was bad like he had a really really severe case last year so um that was pretty scary um getting that again if that were the case but it is not thankfully um i want to start though tonight uh stacy you're gonna love this you're, you're going to be excited about this. The the Red Sox have lost 8 of 10. Yes. They are, they're free-falling a little bit. Yes. Um, 
it john taylor fangraphs we talk his team is the red sox we he's very very saddened uh jenny martinez now out of the lineup but like the starting pitching was always just like this crazy thing coming into the year because you're like this starting pitching staff is not good there there's a lot of questions like they should not be good like there's just a ceiling with this group and then they over exceed expectations especially without chris sale and now it seems like the chickens are coming home to roost a little bit in boston what do you think yes they're crashing back down to earth i warned my red sox fans friends about this because they were crowing a little bit too much earlier in the season and acting as if this team was going to the world series this is not 2013 it's not the same thing this is not that magical thing that happened that this team is too flawed for that to happen and they're finally seeing it uh happen and they're crashing back down to earth and i for one couldn't be happier or more thrilled to watch this happen um you know sale coming back that'll help the pitching staff a bit but i feel like it's a band-aid on a stab wound (laughs) yeah you know i feel like yeah they're finally being exposed for what they actually are you know they're not gonna fall off so far that they're gonna be like below the orioles at any point but they're not gonna they're not yeah no they're crashing they're free falling i won't sing tom petty's song (laughs) jessica what do you think yeah i fall back on that too no um so one of the guys i saw there are a few players and a few team trends that really stuck out to me and i agree that i think this is a case of mean regression hard and fast and brutally for them so let's talk about martin perez who's really been uh i think in the first half of the season really kind of overperformed expectations his last start was one in the third innings on thursday and his seven of his past 11 starts he's gone four innings or fewer his era in those 11 starts is 7.13 um, and I want to talk about Boston um, with a runner around third and less than two outs. Um, they had a Kike Her- Hernandez home run on July 21st. That is their last hit with the runner on third and less than two outs. Mm. They are over 20 since then. Um, their OPS plus in the second half relative to the rest of MLB um, in that time frame. So it's not the full season, but it's second half for each. It's 96. Excuse me, that is 96, and that is a tie for 17th that ties them alongside the Orioles and the Athletics. The first half, I mean, they were overperforming, so they were fourth and that uh, fourth at 111, uh, and that ties them with the Dodgers and the White Sox. So for those who don't know what OPS Plus is, it's on-base plus slugging, and the plus means it's adjusted for the league average, and 100 is league average, so 111 means 11% above average, and a 96 means four percentage points below average. And now on a player level, you have J.D. Martinez, his second half OPS plus at 75, so 25% less than an average hitter. Hunter Renfro, probably another overperforming guy with really a home run fly ball rate that wasn't sustainable, a, a 97 OPS plus. And there's a whole season issue that I'm seeing with Boston that a lot of people haven't talked about, their chase percentage. Um, so that's basically the number of pitches that they swing and miss at. And then that's a uh, baseball savant stat. They are at 31. One percent coming into today that is worse than baseball and there are only a few other teams that are above 30 the orioles at 30.6 the royals at 30.4 and the marlins at 30.1 it's not really company you want to share company with um but this is really ultimately coming back to really what you expected both in talent at the beginning of the year and how much they were really over overperforming within the season. So eventually, you're going to start to see this happen because we're starting to hit a greater sample of games, and talent starts to really approach its actual value. Sure, you might have a few outliers, 
But when you're talking about a team performance, by and large, that is what's going to happen. So do you think this is this is it? Like there's no chance to revert back uh, down the stretch here? I mean, they probably can a little bit. They're not. I mean, I say this about life, but it's true about baseball. You never look as good as you are when you're at the top of the mountain, but you never look as bad as you are at the base. Chances are it's somewhere in between. This is a team that I had prior to the year winning the second AL wild card. Um, and I, I think that's where they're going to be right now, right? Like they're starting to settle into that position. And I think you're going to see them continue such a pace throughout the rest of the year. It's not to say they'll make it or they won't, but this is real. And you, the, the, the days of the high upside and bursting through the roof are gone, honestly. You might see a few hot streaks, like people are going to say, oh, are they back from the first half? Yeah, but it's going to be a small sample size that we really can't derive from. We're looking at the full picture here. This is really a 550 team going forward. Hmm. So this is what makes it interesting, Stacy. When you look at the AL East now, which is just a, a really weird <laughs> division now, like I... It's really hard to get a read on because, like, Glass now gone for the year. the The Rays' rotation is just decimated, but they're finding ways to to patchwork this thing through. But like, I don't know who I trust the most. Is it the Yankees? But I mean, they have their problems right now. Is it the Blue Jays? Maybe like the Blue Jays' offense and their one through eight is just top notch, but there's still a lot of pitching questions. And then you're like, okay, who who do I trust? Like, it seems like we're going to get three teams out of the AL East in the playoffs. I mean, two at the worst. Um, right. <laughs> what, where are you leaning? Who do you trust more right now? Hmm. Well, I see the Rays winning the division. I still see them winning the division. What, um, why is that? What, what about the Rays still gives you faith to, to hold on above these other three? Because they're annoying. <laughs> And they tend to do that when you don't expect them to or don't think they're going to. I mean, who would think that they would lose Tyler Glass now and do what they're doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they started doing better once they lost him. <laughs> they started going on this roll, and it's like, how did that happen? And, you know, the um, the Blue Jays started playing at home, finally, and they kicked it into high gear. It was almost like they needed to go to Canada to really, like, start playing well again. Um, not that they weren't playing well, but they're doing really well of late. Um, things are clicking. George Springer is finally healthy and staying healthy, um, and he's contributing. And, you know, I, I feel like they needed his bat there in the lineup to help them out a bit, and he's really starting to do that. Um, I think Vlad is cooling off just a little bit, and I think that Springer stepping in is helping a lot and balancing out that lineup. Um, you know, people will look at the Yankees and say, well, you know, they they had this hot streak against not so great teams, but they started this hot streak by beating Tampa two out of three in Tropicana Field. So um, it's just the season is very strange. I thought last season was strange because of the schedule being shorter and all the COVID stuff. But, you know, the COVID stuff is still affecting this season and it's just not playing out the way most people would have thought. I mean, everyone pictured that it would be the Rays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox being way the hell above the Orioles. Like, they all pictured that happening, (laughs) but not to this degree. Like, I really think there is a possibility that you could see three AL East teams in the playoffs this year, and that's crazy. 
it is crazy and i like when you look at Marte in the two spot in oakland um i i don't know i just i wonder with what they're doing i think they just signed chris davis back today or yesterday i think i just passed that right um jessica what do you what do you make of stacy's points there yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I, I could see Oakland certainly uh, considering going the rest of the way, but I agree. I think it is going to be uh, three playoff teams from the AL East, I think, at this point right now. Um, I think Boston will contend. I think they've probably built up enough equity through over half the season to where they should be expected to be a free to get a wild card spot. Not necessarily that they'll get it, but if you played it out like a thousand times, you'd expect them more than 500 in. Um, I really think the Yankees will get in. Uh, you consider what they've done with their bullpen, which was honestly a deficiency that a lot of people hadn't talked about in New York the first half of the season. You talk about guys like Ridings coming in. You talk about how a lot of that team has really stepped up, surprisingly. Uh, Andrew Heaney is someone I'm keeping an eye on in New York. He has a stuff plus by Anosaris at the time of trade. That was, uh, again, that's a base 100 stat for league average, over 110. Um, they have Garrett Cole coming back. They've consistently gone decent innings out of players that you wouldn't expect so i think new york's going to contend for a spot i'm not as open, although i think it'll be very very close in the end it wouldn't surprise me to see a game 163 mm. um i think toronto is going to really keep it close too yeah i mean what if what if we have what if we have like a four-way tie for like two spots wouldn't that be something though because i how does that I mean, work i believe the tiebreaker i'm not 100% okay sure about this i believe it is based upon record within the division and that would determine the seating because hmm. it's an even number of teams i think it's record relative to league if it's an odd number have we had a three we've had a three-way tie right is that a dumb question i'm trying to think what was the last time this happened last time we had a game 163 in the yeah. AO. i want to say was minnesota chicago 2011 okay I'm not positive um because we had rockies san diego in 2007 and yeah. then obviously we had the play-in rounds for um because remember, we were getting them like every year for a while there, uh, 10 years ago. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to, because I, I feel like we haven't had any for a while. Oh, yeah, we had the Braves one. That's right. The Braves Cardinals won in 20. Over was that a, was that a playing game? Cause, was that no, a playing game? I thought that was a wild card game. Yeah, I thought that's what I meant, a playing wild card. Yeah, because I hate that the terms are so similar. Yeah. Just give me a second to look this. Uh, well, there was the worst playoff experience of my adult life with the the Braves and Cardinals with Mike Boltnevich ending oh, the game was, in the first so ending. Nonsense. Oh no, Stacy, do you remember this? <laughs> I think so. Yes. Okay, so okay. I will never forget where I was. Like I was ready. I took off work that day. I literally <laughs> took off work, and yeah. I was like all ready. Had a bunch of people over, and we all sat down, and then it it never stopped like it just it kept going and mike Voltnevich just imploded and they kept scoring and they kept i want to say it was 12 to nothing going into the bottom of the first i want to say that's what it was um but it was one of those where it was like no 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 and then just being like what do you even do now like this is my day like it's over like it's literally over and we had to play eight more innings it was awful right. so there we go okay so the 2000 18 no central had the brewers and the cubs and then the Dodgers and the rockies out west so that was a dual one too hmm. which is interesting so the the way that wound up being is really interesting because of course you had i you had the you had the, you had the rockies i believe 
Yeah, you had you had some you had some weird stuff with that, right? Because I'm trying to think of another time we've had multiple in a year. Because I I don't know why I got 2011 mixed with 2008, but you had historically, I think that was the only time that we've had. Yeah, that was the only year that we've had multiple tiebreakers because we had 1946 for the pennant, 1948 for the AL pennant, 51 for the NL, 59 for the NL, 62 for the NL. And remember, in those years, I mean, early on, it used to be like a, a three-game series, so that's how you had some players over 162 games a year. You had 78, the uh, Bucky Dent game uh, in 78, uh, 1980 for the NL West, 95 for the AL West, 90 NL Wild Card, 99 NL Wild Card, 07, that classic about the Tory Albin, the PV game and all that stuff in 07. Um, the Jim Tomey home run over with the White Sox over the Twins, then you had the Twins and the Tigers in 2009, the 2013 yeah. wild card, and then the two I mentioned in 18. Uh, home teams are only 11 and 11 in those games, so surprisingly. Hmm. Yeah, that Twins Tigers game, I remember that well. I watched that with my dad because, you know, we were watching it to see who was going to face the Yankees in the playoffs, and we were hoping for the Twins. Well, <laughs> yeah, why would you want that, Stacey? Yeah. Is there some sort of history between the Twins and the Yankees? In the playoffs. It's going to turn around at some point because it's nearly 20 years now. Like the Twins will turn this around. I keep telling this to my fellow Yankee fans to stop kind of, I don't know, like expecting the Yankees to always beat the Twins because it's going to turn around at some point. Are we sure? I don't know. <laughs> the, the only time in the last, I believe, like I think it's last, at this point it's over, I think the last 18 years the Twins have had a winning record over the Yankees was 2013. Hmm. Crazy. Oh, well, twins. I mean, if you look at the, I want to do this on my show where I play a game and ask someone on the show, was this person a Yankee in 2013? Because there's so many guys that you don't remember who were. And it's, <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Like, in what year? 2013? Yeah, 2013, 2014. You had mm. guys, you know, I think Brent Lillibridge was on the team at some point. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. Jeter's still there, right? Yeah, well, Jeter was mostly hurt in 2013 because that okay. was after he broke his ankle in 2012, so he didn't really come back full-time till 2014. So, yeah, it was a, 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 a merry-go-round, you know. Yeah. Jesus Montero? You know. Um, was he Seattle traded? No, he was traded before then. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Now I'm just, like, trying to see it. I mean, Brett Gardner for absolutely is on this team. Um <laughs> like Brett Gardner is just an obvious. Uh oh, Curtis Granderson? Was he still there? Hmm. Yeah, because that's right. The Scherzer trade before uh the Scherzer trade was done before then, I think, because it was a three way deal with the Arizona as well. So I want to say that Nick the, Oh, yeah, Nick Swisher? Say was, yeah, Granderson was there. Because remember yeah, that's right, because he because he uh he was hurt a lot of that year too, I think. I think he played like sixty games in twenty thirteen. Right. Jason Nix, uh, Ichiro, uh, Travis Jason Nix. <laughs> yeah. Leo Monte. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, Ichiro? Uh, Ichiro was there, yeah. What a team. Yeah. Let's remember yeah. some guys in this podcast. That's that's always the one of my favorite things. Let's remember some guys. Um, something else that Stacy might be enthused about. Um, would you like to guess who got swept by the Philadelphia Phillies this weekend, Stacy? <laughs> I was looking at the out-of-town scoreboard mm-hmm. at Yankee Stadium, and I thought to myself, oh, the poor Mets. Did you oh, go today? Shit. I went to the Yankee game, yeah. How was it? They, they, It was horrible because they always lose when I'm there. Well, I, I know I, they lost, but I was just saying the experience. 
Uh, it was freezing. I mm. wasn't expecting it to be cold because the forecast was 79 degrees, but the wind was insane and it felt like it was 50 degrees and I was not dressed for it at all. <laughs> I was like, why am I cold in August? What is happening here? <laughs> mm. yeah. That's and yeah, it's, it's a little chilly here like too. It normally is because mm. I was talking at like, if I have to kind of shout at people, my, I, my voice, um, I permanently damaged my voice on October 31st, 2001, when Tina Martinez tied the World Series game and then Derek Jeter walked off against the Diamondbacks. I'm not even kidding. I lost my voice for seven days. And when I say lost it, did not have anything coming out of my throat and never saw a doctor about it. And ever since then, anytime I speak at a slightly higher volume than normal, this is what happens to my voice. Hmm. Friggin' baseball. It's being a great fan, though. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, um, just a disaster. Although yesterday with the, uh, on a Saturday with the back to back to back home runs, uh, the Met fans that I follow in my Twitter timeline are like, why are they teasing us like this? We know they're not going to win this game. Mm. We just, (laughs) it's, it's suddenly bad. Like, I just, I do kind of feel bad because like there, everything has gone in the Mets favor this year. Like everything with the the NL East, like the Phillies bullpen not working out, the Nationals imploding, the Braves losing Acuna and Soroka and just having the year from hell, and they still just cannot escape. Like it doesn't matter if it's Cohen, Javier Baez, it doesn't matter. They're still going to be Metsing. You can't do it. Marcus Stroman doesn't matter. You can't avoid the Metsing that they are doing this year. I am, I, I shouldn't be this bamboozled, but you know what, John Taylor. Is on every week. Love John. I said at the beginning of the year, Jessica, like it, do you think I'm crazy for this? Because I, I don't know. I said before the season, I was like, the Phillies are just going to hang around. Like the Nebraska's up. Like I just, I look around the NL East and I'm like, Nationals implosion. Braves are going to be right there, but I just don't think they have, they've spent enough to really be in the top echelon for like, for certain going back to back. And the Mets are always going to match. So I'm like, they, the Phillies spend, and they still have a lot of top-end talent. The defense sucks. The bullpen sucks. But the Nationals won a World Series with a bad bullpen. Um, do you believe in the Phillies, or should we prepare for the Phillies hosting a playoff series this fall? It is crazy, though. But I, I think the Mets are in just so much of a free fall. Like, like, I mean, I thought it was going to be the Mets because I thought, granted, it was a big if, and it's proven uh, true. Um, if they were picking, starting picking stays healthy, they will be good. Well, they're starting picking has not stayed healthy, and DeGrom has not stayed healthy. Um, so let's look at this. This is the latest, by the way, that the Phillies have been in first place since August 12th of 2018. Ooh. A lot can happen in the next few weeks, but the Mets have been struggling this month. They've had a 193 average as a team with a 620 on-base on plus slugging this month. They've allowed 66 home runs in the last 45 games. Not including overlaps with that streak, the Lats Mets team to do that was when they allowed 65 and 45. Excuse me, when they allowed 68 um, from May 29th to to July 21st of 2019. But really, I think I think the one sentence that says it all when I looked at it wasn't the Bayes injury. I think that was just the soul in the wound. The Phillies have gained seven games in eight days. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I think Philadelphia is somehow going to make it. I thought the Kennedy, the Kennedy and Gibson acquisitions were pretty smart from Texas at the deadline. I mean, I don't think it's going to be Atlanta. Atlanta could sneak in, certainly. But I think at this point, it's going to be Philadelphia. 
because it's going to be a war of attrition that somebody is going to threaten the 2006 Cardinals record of fewest wins to win a division, which, by the way, they had at 83, so. <laughs> Man, I, that's crazy. The Phillies are just going to do it. So here's, here's, what you, here's what you take from this, guys. Defense does win championships. Who cares? John Segura in the middle? Who cares? You can do whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad of a defensive BABIP you have. You can win. Like, Ian Kennedy. Also, shout out to Ian Kennedy. We talked about him, what, two weeks ago, Stacy? He comes in there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. In a least. Champion. <laughs> Ian Kennedy. You can't forget him, folks. He's just, uh, he's the guy. Amazing. The Phillies, I just... I see Kyle Gibson is killed to this team, honestly. They're <laughs> going to be as good as they were in 08, but, like, if you really squint, you can see it. He's like... You know the bedroom number one, bedroom number two, they give you an eye test? Like, I, I think Gibson is basically the blurry version of that. That's funny. I like that. Um, okay. The Tigers extended Jonathan Scope. Um, what do you what do you make of it? Um, with, uh, I mean, Scope. Is it Scope? I always get this wrong. I always get nervous when I say Jonathan Scope. It is Scope, yeah, right? Scope. Yeah, it's like the mouthwash. Yeah. Is it? Is there a mouthwash called Scope? Yes. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes. Spelled differently, but you do say it the same way. Is that true? I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> Stacy, why are you giving me this? Back me up on this. I didn't know this was a thing. I'm glad we're on the radio and not in person, so I have to smell your breath. <laughs> How do you not know that scope exists? <laughs> I use Crest. I don't know. I just I never really looked that much. I never really looked that hard at it. I mean, it's like I mean, that was there were scope commercials all over the place and well okay you're a child compared to me but in the 80s <laughs> like all over the place like mouthwash was a big deal and scope was a really big deal wait how do you spell that how do you spell the toothpaste version uh s-c-o-p-e scope yeah. like a scope oh is it Mm-hmm. but that's not a brand i'm looking at this this is just crest well the mouthwash used to be scope so they probably took it over oh okay yeah i've never seen scope i've never seen this before in my life yeah because they used to have okay i think there was a toothpaste that had scope in it maybe mm-hmm. like 15 years ago yeah interesting you see mm-hmm. you learn something new on a pod this is why i host the podcast guys is to <laughs> learn things like this that i was not familiar with beforehand and people are going to listen to this and they're going to message me chase are you were you joking was that a real <laughs> thing um but anyway what do what, Jessica? What do you make of Scope uh, getting extension in uh, Detroit? Well, thankfully, I don't think they have to spit this one out. So I, I think he finally cashed in with a, a good contract. Each of the last three years, he's actually been a free agent and actually gotten less money for each go, in spite of his success. Uh, be that from Baltimore or Minnesota. So look at what Avil has done, by the way. The of like the past few off seasons, this has been I realize it's in season, but really he's done a string of good moves. Like at Hase, a catcher, and Kilbadu in the Rule 5 draft. Of qualified seasons, he has a 118 weighted runs created plus this year, and that is actually the second best of his career, um, which came in 2017 with a 120. So he has 18 home runs and a 1.8 uh, fan graphs wins above replacement. It's not terrible, especially when you consider his bounce back, where he only hit 198 in April. And eventually, the nice thing, too, is he's been flexible this year between second and first. And if and when Torkelson gets promoted, you know, it's going to be eventual. You know that's coming. He can just move back to second. That's really nice in two years for $15 million. I really think this is a good deal for both sides. Stacy, what do you think? I agree. Um, 
he's I <laughs> I always joked when he was on the Orioles that he was a Yankee killer because it felt like he was. And when mm. he went to the Central, I was very happy that I wouldn't have to see him 19 times a year because he just it felt like he was OK against other teams, but became like Mike Trout against <laughs> Yankees. And no, I do think it's a good deal for him and the Tigers. And, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. I also just think the Tigers are interesting because, like, they're quietly not awful. Like, they're quietly average, which is a step in the right direction. Like, the Tigers could be, like, depending on how they approach their offseason, like, I am fascinated because... I don't like if it was a different division like I wouldn't be as fascinated but the Indians or the Guardians that's going to take some time and mm-hmm. the Royals I don't think they're they're on the come up I think the Twins it, there's no guarantees that they bounce back uh, next year and then the White Sox like we'll, we'll see year to year with Tony LaRusso in this group um, they've put a lot of their chips into this season we'll see Tim Anderson could just be tired of it and just be like alright I'm good uh, next year with the LaRusso stuff I, I don't know it seems like a highly volatile situation in Chicago but it's working right now uh, but like when you look at the rest of it you're like Guy, the Tigers are just there Tigers are just like waiting around and are annoyingly competent they've invested a lot in the top end of the draft the last few years um, Jessica, what do you what do you make of the Tigers' future, and do you think they're closer to contending not for a World Series, but for the AL Central sooner rather than later? Yeah, I I, I think the AL Central has consistently and been for a while really the most wide open division in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe with the exception of the NL East this year, because nobody really expected that. But um, but no, I, I I think they have a very good chance to do some good things. They have some really nice young picking you look at scubo you look at mines these are cost control guys this is a team you can win with by maybe bringing in and spending a little bit because you have the foundation there granted i don't think they're going to want to sign guys to really all that long of deals because then you don't want your arbitration timelines to match up with like later years of free agent deals when guys aren't that good but if they sign some guys to shorter deals kind of like this scope deal two years this is what they need to really stand to have a chance honestly because there's nobody i really trust that much in and that's central going forward. I think Chicago has been a little bit lucky this year. I think um, the White Sox are going to have really some tough decisions to make at the end of the year. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to make it, but they'll certainly create some more noise. I mean, you're going to have some Motown music flowing throughout the central next year. And that's cool. I like when the Tigers are good. I, I miss old Rogers and uh, the cold October, no, early November nights in Detroit. I, I miss that. Um, so that would be good. I'm okay with it. Um, and anything to get the Cleveland Guardians out of that spot would be would be nice. Um, the Angels uh, continue to uh, waste the primes of two of the greatest baseball players in our lifetimes, in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Um, Anthony Radone, a guy they did spend a lot of money on and pulled in, is gone for the season. Stacy, what do you make of the Angels losing Radone for the rest of the year? I didn't realize how many injuries he had because looking at everything that's happened to him recently um it, it i was ha- i'm having jacoby ellsbury flash oh no because, you know it's like he landed on the injured list on three separate occasions he lost time because of his groin his knee his hamstring and then he developed this hip impingement because of the hamstring but the hamstring was on one side of his body and the hip thing is on the other side of the of his body and that's what's making him have surgery and it's like oh my goodness i mean i think the best part of this um, if there is a best part is 
the Angels called up a left-handed pitcher named Packy Naughton, who sounds like he should have been playing baseball 100 years ago with that name. His real name is Patrick <laughs> Naughton, but they have him listed as Packy Naughton in baseball reference, and I had to look it up because I thought, what could his name actually be? So, yeah, and as you said, they are, they're wasting... They're wasting the most exciting player in baseball and Mike Trout. <laughs> oh, I also just we can all move on, right? Collectively, that like he made his choice, like he stayed. Like if this was different, like if he did not stay, if he did not sign the extension, like I would be more annoyed, like I was a few years ago. But like he he made his choice, and I mean it was a very uh, it was something that was going to lead to him getting paid really well, and you can't really fault guys for setting their families up for the rest of their lives and their families and their families like whatever that's fine but like it's over like you can't complain anymore if you're mike trout now show you tawny you we can complain we can complain about this being a thing we can complain about him staying still being in los angeles right jessica oh yeah because you know the cba that they the, the players union that's supposedly the best across sports agreed to an amateur contract that players there signed internationally under 25 to be under like three million a year what are we doing like Anyway, I mean, I talked to Braves fans about this too. Like, I imagine you have some thoughts on the Albies Acuna stuff because, yeah, it, that's just we Braves fans were celebrating that, and like I, <laughs> I struggle with it because I'm like, this is bad. Like, they're like, oh, it's a lot of money, and I'm like, well, they kind of got like the way this all happened and why they signed the contracts they did, and the Braves getting out of paying these guys and like us celebrating them underpaying our best players for their like at least half their prime like maybe more than that like mm, i don't know I, I don't like i don't like it it does it just feels wrong it feels unethical to me yeah and then there was the that really off-color comment that one of the commentators made that maybe he didn't know the difference between the numbers oh like i forgot that. about that yeah oh my god i forgot like, about know, that all right like, deep fly oh, ball deep to left nick castiano <laughs> There's a deep fly ball, deep fly ball to the left, and then I'm like a three-one game. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be funny to me. Like I'll sometimes drop that in like normal life. I don't know if y'all have those where like the internet things where you realize, oh right, Twitter is not real life. Twitter is Twitter is not real life, and that's one of those where I like will work that in sometimes. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, wow, no one's on Twitter.com. Like, I carry a notepad with me because that way I can write down situations where it actually happens and, and it makes sense to everybody who's reading it, which is only me, but it still works. <laughs> I can share it later. But Anthony Rendon, though, so I felt like this was he was a really emblematic figure of what the Angel season has become, right? Because they wasted Otani, they wasted Trout, who's been hurt, granted, but he's wasting his year. This team is kind of like the Clippers of the MLB at this point. You have oh, no. Why you have Jordan and not much else, right? Like, um, but really, ever, ever since I saw him in spring training, because I always get my reports in before I put in the numbers for projections for the start of the year, um, he looked kind of out of shape. And as he's on the wrong side of 30, those hip injuries, those strains are going to take longer to cure. His walks were down. His strikeouts were up. And, you know, as we mentioned, his third I.O. sent this season. And the Angels have a question now of who's going to play third. Mayfield has had a really nice start to the year. I don't know if a lot of people kept track of him outside of the angel stuff but he's had five home runs really quickly when giffo you could see um there's a guy who was undrafted but he said at every level named michael stefanik who could be a really good dark horse candidate to do so and he would be a tremendous story um but something i want to notice though 
Smarty Moreno here. How about this? Another bloated position player deal that looks like it's going to blow up in their face. We, I have, If this winds up being another one, I'm going to have uh, more players here than I have fingers on my hand. Because right now I have Pujols, Josh Hamilton, oh. Justin Upton, Gary Matthews Jr., and Vernon Wells. Like, are you kidding me? They, they still have this guy for, for 2022 to 2026. I mean, the upside maybe, and it, it, it's a really dim one. It, it, it's like a flickering light at the end of the tunnel here, is that it explains maybe why his power is down, why his peripherals don't look good, because he was kind of maybe playing hurting out of shape this year. But my goodness, I, I think that's really probably more likely to be the outcome going forward, that he's going to be hurt a lot, and when he's playing, he's just not going to be effective. And what do you know? For a team that has a team called the Mariners in its division, they're the ones with the albatross around the neck. Again. It's interesting you brought up those names because it's like I don't think those contracts like hurt as much if they develop right. They just don't develop yeah, anybody. Develop. The Angels can't yeah. develop anybody, so those contracts aren't as bad or the Rendon stuff, whatever. Like the Justin Uptons, but like they don't develop anyone. Like anyone, they just can't. Like we talk about the Yankees you know, not developing starting pitching. The Angels don't develop anybody. And then you see what they did in the draft this year, right? Under Epley, they they drafted all pitchers. Like what? <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm so curious to see how that goes, though. I'm so glad that's not a team I'm watching uh, and, and expecting to see, succeed regularly because that's a hell of a science experiment right there. What are you going to do with the guys in the system? Oh, sorry, we drafted somebody in the, in the 13th round and the 15th round. Sorry, buddy. Like, what are they doing? Like, no sense of balance. Like, this is just, this is what you would see someone do in, like, an auction draft. What? It's not good. None of this is good. I, I don't like any of this. It's poor Angels fans too. Like it's um yeah. one, oh, like on one hand you get to enjoy watching some of the best baseball, like just an insane amount of top end talent there. But then like knowing that you're five hundred with this group, like it's it just gotta be awful. Especially with just what the Dodgers are doing um, on the other oh. side of things. Like that's just gotta be. I don't know. And they've got complimentary pieces too, like Walsh. Like, they don't have some terror. They always develop some really decent secondary pieces, but like, that, like they're, they're like the world's worst ice cream sundae ever. Like, you have the big scoops on the top and then mm. a little bit of whipped cream and then one cherry at the bottom. <laughs> like, what the heck? That is true. That is true. Um, the return of Chris Sale. Stacy, what are your expectations about Chris Sale making his return for the Red Sox? What What are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking that too little, too late. Mm. Is that just what you want, or is that yeah. what you believe? Well, no, I, I I don't know. I feel like they're falling. Never doubt a tall, been... lanky, skinny king. Never do it. Yeah, he's so skinny. It's just my brother and I were actually talking about that because we were looking at the score and how the uh blue jays came back and um he was talking about sale coming back and then we were joking about how skinny he is because i mean it's like he looks like you could blow him over with a swift wind um there are dozens of us dozens (laughs) (laughs) you gotta sail on the pounds what can you say (laughs) (laughs) it's like that uh that old South Park joke with Celine Dion being so thin she falls through the crack in the floor. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> thin. Um, I mean, it'll be good for them and it, it might be that last blip on the dying patient's EKG kind of thing and then, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be the savior that people are expecting him to be, but he'll be Chris Sale. It's just not going to help. Does that mm. make sense? 
Yeah. I wonder if he's part of their long-term plans. I wonder if Bloom has him still, or it's like we want him back down the stretch to, and if he pitches really well, then we have a really great trade chip heading into the winter meetings, right, Jessica? Yeah, he has four for a hundred million after this after this year. I believe he's probably not. He's probably at this point untradeable unless he pitches out of his mind. I don't um, know. There, you don't think that there are teams like the Braves? Like, sign up. Are Braves, you kidding? Like, sign up. Or even true. New York, the Mets. Like, why would Cohen not do it? Yeah. I, I maybe like I, I do have him I, I will say as like a two three tween starter going forward. So I read my projections on Chris Sale mm. um of what I think I will do the rest of the year. So this is basically your basic numbers and then you can derive them how you want. So I had I came up with the following forty five innings pitch, eight starts, three point four O ERA, gives up thirty eight hits, uh seventeen earned runs, six home runs, sixty five strikeouts, thirteen walks, two hit by pitch uh, 1.13 whip, uh, 13 strikeouts per nine innings. I am convinced about that. I'm not as convinced about his control at 2.6 walks per nine and a 4.11 uh, fielding independent pitching. So that that's something they probably need. They don't have a whole lot of starters under a 4.50 ERA. Like they had like Evaldi coming into the week, but then Evaldi absolutely got shelled against Toronto. So. Mm. I mean, they part. It's probably going to be a shot that they need. But the question is, it's going—is it going to be enough? And if their offense keeps continuing the way it has been, it won't be. If you get the offense from the first half, it will be. And again, I, I'm not trying to be Switzerland here by taking the middle every time. But I think you're going to see sometimes decent enough, decent enough starts from him. But I think you're going to see him lose a little bit more control as he really adjusts from Tommy John. Because that's something we try to you we usually see, right? Usually you see guys with a little bit more on their arm. Um, in uh, Worcester, their Triple uh, A affiliate, he was recorded as going 91 to 94. Uh, where also Schwarber got hurt recently. He got reset on his rehab assignment. That's notable for Boston as well. Um, but that's a little bit slower than you would like. I mean, they're going and Triple uh, A was only reporting 89 to 91. That that's obviously way too slow. Um, but he, he's topping out at 94. My projections might be a little bit optimistic, honestly. I think he's going to be what they need at really a number three spot. And I think it goes to the point that she was saying that it's probably not a number one starter. Like you're going to get, you're not going to get size sale here. You're going to get a decent middle of the rotation guy who really that I'm surprised Bloom didn't wind up saying our biggest acquisition will be the guy we get back from the IL after the trade deadline. Because I feel like he's going to have a bigger impact than Schwarber, honestly. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm curious. At the very least, he's fun to watch. I'm just I'm very excited to yeah. see what that looks like, and I'm going to pencil in his starts for for my viewing habits. Um, Stacy, your favorite baseball thing that you saw since last Sunday was what? Um, Luis Heel. He comes up. Mm-hmm. Yankees don't expect him to do anything, and not anything, but you know he has to spot start for Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who wants to do that? <laughs> and he pitches six innings, doesn't give up a run. Today, he throws five innings, doesn't give up a run. And he's the first pitcher in the modern era, so that's since 1900, with 14 or more strikeouts, fewer than 10 base runners allowed, and no runs permitted across his first two career major league games. That's pretty cool for someone that people were kind of worried about because it wasn't like he was lighting things on fire in AAA. So when they announced that he was going to be the one stepping in for Garrett Cole, people were a little afraid. And then 
he comes out and does this. And then how do the Yankees reward him? He's back down in AAA. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand. They have other moves they need to make. But, you know, good job by him in two starts. And, you know, it's just I think that's amazing. And I always like when it's a good first for a Yankee player, not like the first Yankee player to ever throw four wild pitches in an extra inning like Brooks Krisky did against the Red Sox and Fenway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. So, yeah. So I was doing a little bit of research on that set because I, I was curious about it, too. So. Of Yankees in their first two career appearances were both their starts, five innings plus and two, six strikeouts each. There's only been one other Yankee to do that. And it was slowed Joe Doyle in 1906, who actually threw two complete game shutouts. Um, if you're a card collector, you know him because um, there are only eight prints of this card that are known to exist, but it says National next to his name, uh, which was a confusion with New York Giants' Larry Doyle that same year. Um, but I have a lot of stats for this week if you guys are ready for them. Or I'm ready. All right, so here we go. So the Orioles have allowed nine plus runs in five straight games. That is the American League record. Um, <laughs> um, the and that they're the first overall to do that since the 1929 Phillies, who had six, and the record all time is the 1901 Giants, who had seven. That's of course since 1901, since Burns uh, modern era as well. Um, Yikes. Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, 48-degree long tango on his home run that looked like he got popped up, and it's almost like Bucky, it's Bucky Dent to right field. Um, so 48-degree long tangle is tied for the highest long tangle on any Yankee home run on StatCast, along with Mark Teixeira on July 3rd of 2016. Um, Jose Otuve got struck out three times in a single game on August 4th. Uh, Max Scherzer did that. That's only up another two other times to him. His current teammate, Zach Renke, on August 14th of 2017, and Matt Cain on June 13th of 2012. That was Matt Cain's perfect game, actually. Um, then, got to talk about Jonah Heim. Uh, so, we had back-to-back games with walk-off home runs since 1974, when we have all the play-by-play data available for walk-offs. He joins Pujols in 2011, Bell in 1995, Alvin Davis in 1986, Fred Lynn in 1985, on Tom Patrick in 1981. Um, the Cardinals this season, full, more of a season-long trend, but it, it, it stuck out to me as interesting. Um, the most runs allowed on a walks and hit-by-pitch in a given season. Uh, the 1944 Dodgers had 33, the 2008 Orioles had 32, and the 2021 Cardinals already have tied that at 32. So they're probably going to break that. Even though there was still about just about 500 teams. On August 4th as well, there were 14 former All-Stars in the lineups of the Astros and Dodgers game. In this year's All-Star game, there were eight former All-Stars in the starting lineups of 2021. So that that game had more former All-Stars than the actual All-Star game this year. Yeah. Um, So on August 3rd, the top four Yankees uh, batters in their lineup, they each had multiple hits and scored multiple runs. Now, notably, remember that was against the Mariners. Remember the Mariners for this. It's the first such game that the Yankees have had August 13th, 2009, at Seattle. And, you know, that was in Seattle. But they hadn't done it at home since May 11th of 2005. It was against Seattle. Um, and one last one for the Olympics, because, you know, we got to do one for the Olympics. So Eddie Alvarez took home a silver because, you know, Japan won the uh, Baseball Olympics this year. He became the sixth athlete in Olympic history to win a medal in this medal in the summer and the winter if you're curious about what he won in the winter 
He won a silver in the men's uh, men's 5,000-meter speed skate relay in the 2014 Winter Games. Wow. All right, well, Stacy, what can we check out from you across Locked On Yankees and everywhere else this week? Um, well, uh, Locked On Yankees should be moving to video this week. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. I'm expecting at least three cameos from cats while I'm recording. So okay. we'll, see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, the Field of Dreams game is coming up this week between the Yankees and the White Sox, that should be an interesting thing to watch and for me to cover from home, not there, um, obviously, but that should be a fun game too. I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Like it's going to be a really cool looking event. I think so. I had a buddy who went over there and did the whole thing not too long ago. Um, I I don't know how many people are going to be there because it looks super small. How many people are getting in? 8,000 capacity. Is it 8,000? I didn't think it was that big. Right? It doesn't look that big. Where are you getting 8,000? They're back. This has to include standing room, right? Because that, that's the number I read, because I was curious about it, too. So You know what they're doing? They're putting them in the cornfields. Like, that's what's yeah, happening. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, instead of random ballplayers and, and getting holographs of ghosts of ballplayers, you're going to do that, you know? That's, I mean, it, it would not surprise me. Um, what can we check out from you, Jessica, this week? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Jessica D. Brand. Um... I'm still kind of a free agent in the writing and podcast permanent space, so if you ever want to get me on your show, just let me know. I'm always happy to do it. Starting a job tomorrow, so that's you know that's just the standard nine to five. So just whatever works for you. Um, I'm happy to answer literally any and all questions I can. Um, I might not do it if it takes like over an hour, but I really will devote my time to make sure you get your stats, info, your history, everything you ever want to know answered. Because I consider it my job. So. That's awesome. You had a lot of great stuff tonight, and I appreciate you bringing that to the table. That was that was well received, and I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, Stacy, Jessica, thank you so much for making the time. As always, uh, Stacy and I will be back next week. Um, you guys stay safe out there. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, if you guys listen to this episode on Apple Podcasts. I would love it if you could leave the show a five-star rating and a review. Um, it helps more than you know. Tell a friend, all that good stuff. The Chase Thomas Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, go to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com to read all my work every day. Sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. Uh, please like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas writer uh you can email me don't forget at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com with any questions mailbag stuff all that great uh content and whatever you have questions about just uh email me chase thomas podcast at gmail.com uh new episodes every day uncle Derek, how'd i do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah